following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about you, Cowboys? Yeah! Cowboys! Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Monday, November 1st, 2021. Season 17, episode number 51. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. got Nick Eatman here with me, and Amber Garcia is here with me. Dave Hellman is uh, not quite back yet. Oh, man. He's still stuck in uh, Minnesota, waiting for a flight, hopefully getting back later tonight. But, Dave, thank you for joining us uh, from your hotel room, I assume that is. And uh, let's talk a little Cowboys football. Cowboys take their record to 6-1. Uh, and one. After defeating the uh, the Minnesota Vikings twenty to sixteen on Sunday Night Football, it was a uh, a really really um, telling game. I think there were a lot of things you can take from that game. So let's start first with what, that. What, what do we have to do? Do I give you just a number, or you give me a piece of like rubber band to measure my finger right here? Like how does that work? Are, are we are we talking wow. about are we talking <laughs> about rings? Is that what we're talking about? I'm just saying they've paid the, the Cowboys have faced. Say, she already got a nice ring. I don't so have any, many challenges. Ring than that. <laughs> well, I want a different kind of ring. Okay, gotcha. But they, it's just they face so many challenges, and this was just another one that they come out with a win. Yeah, so. yeah, that's true. All right, well, here's what we're gonna do. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna go around the table, and I want everybody to tell me what their big picture story. Yeah, there, there's of this, hers of this game. Right, we've already gotten yours. We know Super Bowl or bust. That's what Amber's story of the game is. Uh, Nick, what's yours? This is a complete football team. I mean, this is not a, a great – this isn't just a great offensive team. They, they, are, they do have great offense, especially when they got Dak. But this is a great team that can play all kinds of ways. They win with defense. They won. They beat the Chargers with defense. They won, they won this game last night with defense. Um, I think I think they're just a complete team now. And uh, they're going to have some better teams that they're going to face. But that was just another example. They can win in a bunch of different ways. Dave. I'm not sure Dave hears us, but uh, Dave, if you hear us, guessing he doesn't all right so we're gonna move on let's keep talking uh let's get into some of the some of the points of the game some of the finer points of the game uh let's talk a little bit about cooper rush um cooper rush in this game was 24 40 he had 60 percent completion rate 325 yards two touchdowns and one interception um they they also had a he also had a game-winning drive uh where he was six of nine for 75 yards five-yard touchdown pass to Amari Cooper to cap that play, I mean to cap that drive uh, to ultimately put them in position to win that game. How did you guys assess Cooper Rush's play yesterday? Well, I, th- I thought he played, you know, <sighs> who we got? Dave? <laughs> Dave we can hear him breathing, but... <laughs> can't hear. I, th- I thought maybe Dave was going to jump in. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Um, I thought he played he played well. I mean, when nobody thought he was going to win the game, nobody thought he was going to go out there and do that and play enough to win, and he did. And, um, you know, he got better and better as the game went on. And, you know, I, I just thought it was it was one of those games where, you know, he just, I mean, 
It reminded me, honestly, in a, in a weird way, it reminded me of the Jason Garrett game way back then when, when he just came off the bench and just said, all right, second half, we're going to just be a different team, different quarterback. He, he, he really did a great job. You know, I've had my doubts, of course. I started off with Cooper Rush when he first got here, being on the bandwagon. Oh, let's go, Coop, Cooper Rush. But then fell off. And, and we talked about it last week on Friday, how we felt on this situation. But with Cooper Rush, you know, one of the things that I really, really liked is the fact that despite the mistakes that he was making, he kept going and he didn't like stir. How do you say that? Startle him or like threw startle, him, yeah. startle yeah, him yeah. or threw him off or anything. He was focused just kept competing, went out there, and kept the poise that you look for in a quarterback, especially a backup quarterback. So that was very impressive to me, despite how, the mistakes. How, how much did that match up with what you expected to see? Because I do think sometimes in the course of watching a game, uh, we get we get an impression from what we're watching, and I think it, it is influenced by the outcome. Um, if they would have lost this game, there were plenty of moments in that game where we would have looked back and said, man, Cooper didn't do this right. He didn't do this right. He missed this here. He should have had it or maybe did have an interception here. Like, how did this match up with what you expected from him going into this game? Well, I mean, I also expected him to have his left tackle. You know, and Tyron Smith didn't play, and then that changed a lot. I mean, the the pressure there on that side of the field it was starting to to the pocket was collapsing a lot more when that happened. So, um, you know, but I, I think he played better than I thought he would play because they're six and one. I mean, I, and, and and he he had some mistakes, but he also made some some great throws. I mean, he throw to Cedric Wilson for a touchdown was was perfect. Great throw, yeah. Um, second best throw of the game. Outside of Cedric's? Um, outside of Cedric's throw <laughs> right. to CD. On the uh, run. Yeah. But, yeah, he. I thought he just, he really did a great job there of just uh, putting him in position. And two minutes to go, they get the ball down, and they go right down the field and score. Yeah. Well, to your point, if we look at it the other way, yeah, I'm a pretty drastic person when it comes to football. So I would have been in here and being like, what are we doing? What are we? What are they doing? They knew something could happen with Dak coming off an injury from last year, so they decided to really just go with Cooper Rush as the backup. So I'm very like an extreme extremist. How do you say extreme? Extremist. Extremist. Yeah, something like that. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> when it comes to football, let's just be with clear. Football. When it comes to football. With football, yeah. I'm just Shannon like Shannon Gross this. is the biggest extremist. Oh, he's all over of on. all time. Like, really? I call him that. I don't even know if that's that a, a real word, but no, I call it's a him. word. It's just not used in football context most of the Shannon time. Shannon Gross is the most. He's the biggest extremist ever. Yeah. He, everything he does, extreme. <laughs> Beard, that's true. Yeah, socks. Yeah, he doesn't do anything. Halfway. Work out, party. <laughs> you know, and then if he says he's not going to work out, then he's about to eat like yeah. everything. Yeah. And just have a gut. Like right, he's, he's just like I'm going to eat this whole halfway. pizza. Or I'm going to run 16 miles. <laughs> All right, so how much did this performance change your level of confidence in him? Because I think last week as we talked about it, we all thought, man, I just don't know. Cowboys maybe should have done a little more in the offseason to prepare for this and shouldn't have put themselves in this situation. Do you feel differently about that today? Um, yeah, yeah. And also the nature of the league, too. What happened yesterday around the league. Yeah. You know, a lot of teams did that. And guys that couldn't beat out Cooper Rush three years ago were winning games with the Absolutely. Jets. Absolutely, yep. You know, yesterday. Mike 400 yards worth. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that that's incredible. But, yeah, I mean, I have a different opinion about it. I mean, I thought I thought going into last week, last night, like, all right, well, um, Dak doesn't play this game, probably play next week. 
And now it's like, eh, we'll save that we'll topic. See. We'll, we'll save okay. that topic because I do, and, and I'm, I'm just doing but a little that teaser. Does change my opinion it, yes. because of that, because of what I saw going in to beat Minnesota like that. I do think they can beat Denver and Atlanta. Yeah, they could also lose to them. Yeah, but I do think they can beat them. Right. Well, and not just what Cooper Rush. Did. Hey, can y'all hear me now? Oh, it's, uh, Dave. yeah, yeah, yes. coming in hot. Just, just get What's in up? there. <laughs> oh, hey, God, yeah. Sorry, I was trying to wait for a pause in the conversation. You got it. Hi. Hey, man. You know, it was funny because we we went to you earlier, and you just kind of sat there and looked at the screen with that kind of weird <laughs> look on your face, mm. and just kind of gave a big sigh, like I wish we'd get the show started at some point. Uh, so let's go back to you and tell us, yeah, what's your big picture come takeaway from this game? Man, well, my big picture is you guys know me pretty well. The fact that I sat here for five minutes and didn't say a curse word on a live mic is incredible. It like is. I'm gonna pat myself on the back for that. Um, wow, man. I don't. I mean, my big picture is that this is just um, one of the more impressive, certainly one of the more impressive wins of Mike McCarthy's short tenure here. Um, there were a couple moments like this last year, but you kind of felt like the season was already lost with not knowing that Dak wasn't coming back. That's the difference, right? Is you just got to hold the line for a little while, as opposed to knowing he's not coming back and um, to come up here and play such a complete and complimentary football game. And not even like, not even the cleanest game. Like they were minus two in turnover differential and uh, still found a way to get it done against not a, not a great team, but certainly not a terrible team. Um, it's it's pretty mind blowing, honestly. Yeah, it was it was funny. I was as I was toward the end of the game, and this was the last Cowboys possession, and then obviously the last Minnesota possession. It was funny because I was sitting there. Nick, you'd already left the press box, heading down to the field. I I kept looking over at Dave and Rob, and they both had these looks on their face like, "Wow, wow, oh, they did that." Okay. And then next play, do something. Oh, wow, wow, they they did that. And I think we were all kind of thinking the same thing, which was, man, this team's different. Like this team, they they're gonna find a way to win this game, and then they're gonna find a way to stop them to win the game. Yeah. And that's what that's to me what I've really seen from this team. That's the big picture I take away from this game. We got to see the offense in a situation where they needed a score to win, they got it. Defense, you need a stop to win, they got it. That's the kind of thing that that's about championship football. That's how you win championships yeah. in this league. Yeah, because 51 seconds to go, you know, you most people would probably want to just want to see a run there, cut some time off. You know, I thought they might do that on yeah. first and goal for the five. Um, but, you know, now they decided to throw it. And, you know, it's the first thing is, all right, is there any flags? That's what I looked up. Yeah. Like, okay, touchdown Cooper. Is there any flags? No. And then now that's a lot of time. It's a lot of time. They don't have any timeouts, but. They stopped them. You know, 51 seconds is a lot of time, but they couldn't even get past midfield, I don't believe. No, I don't think so. If it was, it was right there. But, yeah. I mean, in the confidence that 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 uh, that Rush showed in Cooper to throw the ball to him, like in that kind of situation, he was like, he saw he was manned up out there. He's like, of course, I'm throwing it up. I'm giving him a shot. Mm -hmm. And and that's what Amari talked about after the game. He's like, that's what we love about Cooper Rush is he's going to take that shot. He's going to give you a chance to make that kind of play, yeah. and he sure did, and, and it worked out for him, got him the touchdown, and then the defense held for those that final minute of the game. All right, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, I need to talk about Kellen Moore. He called what I thought was another really, really great game. It was very clear what, what their, their game plan was coming in. Showed us some wrinkles that we hadn't seen before. We'll talk about all that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio.
Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at Stetson.com cowboys. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing the star where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going bank of america is proud to be the official bank of the dallas cowboys and to support the quest of living life the cowboys way copyright 2020 bank of america corporation want to use what the pros use how about the official men's skincare brand of the dallas cowboys jack black right now you can get the jack black starter a curated collection of cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping the starter includes four jack black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word team jb that's getjackblack.com cowboys the jack black starter 10 bucks free shipping honey big news gary are you okay oh i'm not gary anymore i'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. Back to the break. Get a Dallas Cowboys United membership presented by Globe Life. It's the ultimate fan experience for the ultimate Cowboys fan. Memberships start at just $20. You can visit DallasCowboys.com slash United to get yours today. Welcome back. It is the second segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're talking about the Cowboys' big win. Uh, they win 2016 over the Minnesota Vikings on Sunday Night Football. We talked about Cooper Rush. Let's talk about Kellen Moore. It was, uh, in my opinion, very clear. Uh, that their game plan going into the game was they were going to try to run the ball. They were going to try to play bully ball, basically. Uh, they showed us the Hulk package, which <laughs> was brand new for us, wishbone. Like, I hadn't seen yeah. the Cowboys do a wishbone maybe ever um, in the time I've been covering the team. My question for you guys is, <laughs> what's wrong? Why you do that? Johnny Wishbone. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Surprised that they couldn't get more from the run game, even when they were in some of those bigger packages? Or do you think it was just one of those things where Minnesota said, we're going to sell out and we're going to stop the run? They did They did sell out and, and stop the yeah. run. And, and I was waiting for, you know, Minnesota to finally change that. But but they never did. They, they were not going to let that happen. And, and you know, with – with, when you have Dak, it's different. But with Cooper Rush, I mean, that's that's what you have to do. Yeah. You have to say, this guy's going to have to beat us. And in the first half, he had three points. And they said, all right. You know, and I think that's one of the reasons why they were so conservative there at the end of the first half. And the fans were booing and all that. They probably were like, we're not taking any chances here. We don't really need to. But uh, just a minute into it, when Cedric Wilson went over the top, I mean, that changed everything, really. Yeah. That showed, hey, this guy can hurt you if, you, if, you, if you're going to play that kind of defense. Yeah. I think that some of the things... Yeah, I mean, I absolutely... Go ahead, Dave. Oh, sorry, AG. Go ahead. No, Dave, No, go. you go ahead. You're on. You're actually on a microphone. Okay, <laughs> damn it. I, I didn't miss this. I didn't miss this. 
Yeah. Um, no, I mean, in the NFL, if, if the opponent is not afraid of your quarterback, it's hard to run the ball. I fully expected that to happen. Minnesota's got talent on that defense. If anything, and Nick, Nick nailed it. Cause I was sitting there in the first half. I was tweeting about this. It was terrifying. Every time Cooper threw over the middle, he was throwing behind guys. Mm-hmm. He nearly, he got, he nearly got picked off the second time. He yep. did get picked off the first time. It was like, they, they don't respect him to do anything other than maybe curls and the occasional deep shot outside the numbers, but you make your money over the middle of the field and it didn't, it didn't look like Cooper rush was up to it. And then on the first possession of the second half, I think he flipped everything on its head. Cause not only do you hit the big play for the touchdown, but now the Vikings have to keep that in the back of their mind. Like, okay, we we're going to get hurt if we were playing the way that we keep playing as aggressively downhill. And um, I don't think it's a coincidence that the passing game kind of opened up, up a lot after that play happened. One thing that I wanted to add uh, to the whole conversation is when talking about Kellen Moore and how impressive the work that he's doing has been, it's like in the past we've seen occasions where a player goes out on offense and then all of a sudden the whole thing just kind of falls apart and you cannot make it work you cannot move the chains and keep going and make it happen but yet you have so many missing pieces then you get your quarterback unable to play and then you plug in Cooper Rush and the way that Kellen Moore was able to adjust and and cater certain plays to Cooper Rush to me is absolutely impressive it's also impressive the fact of you hear a lot of those players, the way they speak about Cooper Rush, a backup quarterback, and just having their full-on support and being confident in him obviously helps with the whole energy and being on the field and the chemistry and everything. But just everything that Kellen Moore has done so far, I am, to be fair, like I've never really knew he had that much in him. And I'm absolutely excited and looking forward to seeing more, hopefully beyond this year. You know, as you were just talking, I just thought to myself, they actually, last night, were exactly where they were last year. They didn't have either one of their tackles and mm-hmm. didn't have their quarterback. And I thought last year, I was like, you take those three guys out of this team and there's no way they're going to be able to win because the offense is what they do best. And without those three players, there's no way your offense can really function. You won't be able to run the ball. You won't have time to be able to throw the ball. You don't have a trigger man, a quarterback that can actually get it out quickly. So there's no way to win. Last night, the fact that they were able to get this to work, I think, speaks a ton about Kellen Moore and what he was able to do and how he called this game. I think it speaks just as much about the defense because that's really the big difference is that this defense came to play last night and they played in a way that we haven't really seen defense in Dallas play in quite some time. No, they, they, their backs were against the wall several times there. They came back. They, they, they led, they held them to field goals. I mean, just if you, I would have loved if somebody would have come by after that first drive where it was just boom, 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 touchdown, fireworks, horn, cannons, Aww. all that. Right. And then you're just like, man, that was a cool, snow, that was snow, new thing, snow, snow inside the stadium. Yeah. And then, awesome. and then it's a touchdown. And then you look around everybody and be like, that's a good touchdown. Too bad they won't score won't another one again. the rest of the game. You're yeah. like, okay. Because Justin Jefferson was running down the sideline on the next drive. Yeah, no doubt. That easily could have been a touchdown. But yeah. the, the fact that they buckled in like that, I, I'll say this. I don't think Randy Gregory, I don't think De- Demarcus Lawrence has ever played in a stretch like this like Randy is playing. Nothing to knock against Demarcus. He's been great. He's been a pro bowler. I think this is the best five games of a defensive end that we've seen since Demarcus Ware was here. Yep.
That's I mean, and, and I th- and I can't wait for Tank to come back. Yep. And and you and I talked about this last night during the game. Fact that like this is the 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 beautiful thing about Randy Gregory is he doesn't just get you sacks. He gets you pressure and sacks in moments when you need it most. Yep. In parts of games where you absolutely got to make stops. He's that guy that's creating disruption. He's that guy that's making plays. Like that's the part. That's what you really need from a because we've all seen defensive ends who can get that random sack in a game in the first quarter on second down that leads to you know a punt. But in the game when it's crunch time and you absolutely need it, they're nowhere to be found. That's the beauty of what Randy Gregory gives this team. Um, I'm glad you brought up the uh, 20 yard. I'm glad I'm glad you brought up the first possession, Nick, because I was looking at it right before I hopped on. They had two plays of 20 plus on the opening possession on top of a defensive pass interference that probably would have gone that long as well. Mm-hmm. And they had one more. They had one more the rest of the way. Wow. Wow. Uh, so, I mean, that's that's incredible. And we talk about explosives and how the Cowboys have struggled with them. And they, you know, Jefferson had an 18 yard gain and Thielen had a 19 yard gain. But when you talk about like truly explosive plays, I think the only other time they crossed the 20 yard threshold, the rest of the night was the fourth and one bootleg to Thielen uh, from Kirk cousins. So to buckle down that way with how much they've struggled with it this season, I mean, the Vikings basically didn't do anything after that first possession, not anything worth getting excited about, clearly. And that's that's incredible to me because it's been a consistent problem for this defense all year. What has been, in my opinion, or what was, in my opinion, the best performance by a defensive player last night was Michael Parsons. He had 10 tackles, four tackles for a loss, one quarterback hit. Uh, First rookie with 10 tackles and four tackles for a loss in a single game. Um, my question for you guys ever, ever like in, in the history of the National Football League, that is that the first is, time a rookie has ever done that. I Pretty can't amazing. believe that, but I mean, because that's th- these n- those numbers aren't like astronomical. Well, four tackles for a loss is a big number, like that usually doesn't yeah. happen in a game. That's a lot, I know, that's but a ton. I'm just for a, that's a that's insane, it is, and not just. And if you said reg- not not just rookies, maybe you probably got some more guys in there. But for a rookie, first of all, for a rookie to be playing that much, well, be given that many opportunities, that's where it well, becomes an issue. Think about what a tackle for loss really means. Well, like what what is the number one thing you've got to do for a tackle for loss? You've got to have awareness. Yeah. You've got to be able to sniff it out and go find the play. And right. to be a rookie and do that. Do it four, four times, times in yeah. one game. All right. Yeah. What are you gonna say yeah. I was going to say, not just that, but also look at all the places he was playing at. Like, mm-hmm. the, the fa- it's not just his focus on one spot and that's it. He's being moved around. And the fact that he's being, uh, he, he's being able to contribute in all of those different places. I mean, you have, that, that takes skill. Yeah. I mean, that, that's extremely impressive. The, the fact is, they're not lining That's what we're Go talking ahead, about when we say, so that's what we're talking about when we say we I prefer him for to be versatile. Like it's fun to watch him rush the passer, but he has so many ways to impact the game back there. I mean, if that ball, I don't remember if it was the second or third quarter, but like he had a shot at an interception mm-hmm. when a pass got batted in the air. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you, you come a few inches away from that. You're around the ball. You're able to do that. I would like to see, I think he played 63 snaps last night or maybe 64. He played 64. I'd like to see a couple blitzes and maybe a few more pressures, but I, yeah, I absolutely love the variety of stuff that he's doing and you can just see the impact that he has when you're around the football 
that's going to turn into even bigger plays the more often you're able to do it. Yeah, you know, and, and Dave, I don't even know if I necessarily want to see him doing that more. I love just the mix right now because what he's doing, they're basically just using him as a player that's sniffing out wherever the ball's going and go get to it. And that's what I love about it. There are plays when he rushed last night. There are plays he rushed up the middle. That final play of the game, he was coming up the middle. He was the one that forced the play to, the, the ball to have to come out quick, which basically killed the play and their ability to try to get the ball downfield. So he had some opportunities last night, and I just love, like, let him just go. Find out where you want to line him up and say, go find the ball and get to it. And he's so instinctive. As you said, Nick, he'll find the ball even behind the line of scrimmage and make those plays that make a difference that put him in second and 12 or third and 12 and lead to, to, to punts in a lot of instances. Let me also throw out one thing about stats because Parsons has great stats. He was all over the place. 11 tackles, like you said, four for loss. Here's another guy. One tackle. Mm-hmm. One quarterback hit. Mm-hmm. Bottom of the defensive chart, and I thought he balled out. Terrell Basham, he was amazing. I don't know what it's the stats. Stats will lie it, because if you watch the game and saw Basham was everywhere, um, he, I thought I thought he. I mean, Kirk Cousins knows exactly what ninety three was doing in that game. I, him and Gregory were meeting at the quarterback, especially on that final drive. Yeah. The uh, uh, speaking of Gregory too, and that was that's a great thing to point out. But speaking of Gregory, he had also just one tackle, but he also had a sack. He also had three quarterback hits. He had a forced fumble. He was again another player that was just everywhere. Two penalties. He also, and that's where I was going. <laughs> he had the two penalties, and they were in a part of the game where man, it could have really hurt them. Yeah. And I was interested after the game when he was talking about it. And he was talking about you know I play better when I'm when I'm upset, and but I got to be better at kind of managing that. My question for you guys is, if you look at this defense, they are definitely a defensive attitude. Like they, I've heard it said so many times by offensive players and by some other defensive players. They got a bunch of dogs on that side of the, of the ball. Do you, are you okay with some of the penalties that they get because they are so aggressive? Because last night, that drive almost melted down on them because they were a little overly aggressive. Uh, but they also still held to a field goal. And I kind of like the aggression that they have. What do you guys think about that? How you manage that between being aggressive and then sometimes stepping over that line because you're playing so close to that line as far as how aggressive you are? Dave. I think uh, – oh, we're back to calling names. Yeah, that's probably <laughs> for the best. Um, no, I, I – I think those are two different things. Like, I, I want you to be aggressive. I don't want you to lose that. Like, the flag on Terrell Basham is, and I hate, you know, I hate whining about flags, but that was such BS. Like, that, I mean, when people talk about the sissification of the sport, that's what they're talking about. I mean, the guy had committed to trying to get to Cousins before the ball was thrown, and you're flagging him for making a football play after the fact. That's just crap. Uh, so, do that every time, Terrell Basham, and I'll never get mad at you for getting flagged. The flag on Randy was way more avoidable. Which I mean, one? You can't. I don't. You got to be able. The one at the sideline, okay. uh, down in the red zone, yeah. where he just blasted that guy. Um, that is a frustration flag. That is a. I'm pissed off, and I just I want to hit something more so than, you know, playing through the whistle. In my opinion, and I know it's a really fast game, but. I think pro football players can draw that line. So I view it a little, I, I view those as separate things. Like, yes, be aggressive. Don't change what you do in some instances, but some of those, you just got to be a little more disciplined. You know, so on that play, I agree. It was a frustration play. You could tell it's the second one in about, 
two minutes. Yep. So it's first and go after that penalty. It's first and goal at the four yard line. He lines up at the tackle position. You know he's fuming. Yeah. He just darts through the line. He he doesn't hit the, another play where he's not on the stat sheet. He goes in there and totally changes the whole run. Delvin Cook has Mm -hmm. to spin, and Donovan Wilson and Justin Hamilton come and clean it up. But but Randy blew it up, and he even said in that interview, he said, I play better when I'm pissed off. And he was pissed off. And so then the next play was another three-yard loss, and LVE almost got a penalty for hitting the guy out of bounds. And so, but that right there, they kind of, they just buckled down, you know, and a lot of it was Gregory just getting mad. But I mean, if he's going to play that way, kind of a psycho rusher off the edge, I can't. I just can't wait to see what happens when D Law comes back. Those oh, two yeah. together, and then Parsons playing linebacker. Yeah, but 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 go back to the penalties. I, I mean, if I can offer, oh yeah, go ahead. Sorry, no, go ahead, Nick. I, I'm done. I don't remember where I was going. No, Dave, go ahead. Sorry, man. Well, I mean, I. I'm with you. I'm really excited to see these guys, but I just I wanted to offer an anecdote because we talk about this all the time with um you know the endless storylines that you never know about going into a game and like you never fully know what's going on with any one football player. So I went down to the hotel fitness center yesterday morning just to like get on the elliptical, do something for a half hour, and Randy and Basham were in my elevator. And Randy's basically just like asleep standing up. Like he's like leaning against the wall, just like tired. And we were kind of chatting. He was like, I feel terrible, dude. Like, I don't know if it's something I ate or what, but like my stomach is absolutely killing me. And I'm sitting here like in my head, I'm like, that is not what I'm trying to hear from the guy (laughs) who needs to slow down Kirk cousins tonight. Like that's terrifying. So like all day I was like, Oh man, like I hope, I hope Randy's okay. Like that's not going to be good news if he can't go. And of course he goes and has this killer game. And, and that's the beauty of a national football league player, right? They, they go through a lot of stuff and still yeah, manage to win game time comes. I mean, you think about that. Think about Amari Cooper. Like oh. he left the game with a hamstring injury and he, he told, he told basically what he said. He told the trainer was, yeah, just give me to the point where I can kind of run a little bit and I'll take it from there. And then he goes and has this amazing final drive, uh, to get them in position and then get the the win <laughs> touchdown. Like these guys are amazing freaking supermen when it comes to playing through injuries. All right, we're going to take our final break. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about special teams. There were some uh, some issues last night that we got to talk about a little bit. Uh, and then I want to get to a point where I want to get you guys to give me your game ball. We'll take give each, guys, each of you guys uh, one pick to give a game ball to. We'll do that before we end the show. Uh, this is DallasCowboys.com Radio. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with United Ag and Turf. Before you can park yourself in front of the game, park yourself in a John Deere and power through your chores. Our Land Run package is a 1025R, 25-horsepower tractor with a loader, rotary cutter, and a box blade for $229 a month. And the price you see is the price you'll pay. No surprises. So don't miss another kickoff. Visit unitedagandturf.com. Offer ends February 1st, 2021. Restrictions apply. See dealer for details. Now let's get to work. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. 
New Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. You deserve it. I do deserve that. You deserve decadent flavor without sugar. And a day at the beach without sand getting everywhere. And a relaxing bath that your children don't interrupt. I deserve all that? It's really just a visual metaphor for Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. Everything you want, nothing you don't. A visual metaphor on the radio. I do deserve that. Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. The zero you deserve is finally here. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com slash cowboys. Back to the break. Registration for holiday youth camps is now open. Don't miss the Dallas Cowboys Football Academy and the Dallas Cowboys Cheerleader Dance Academy camps on December 21st at the Star in Frisco and December 22nd at AT&T Stadium. Space is limited, so register today at dallascowboys.com slash academy. Welcome back. Final segment of the break live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Let's talk some special teams. Last night, uh, Zerline has another miss. Uh, this time he misses from 43 yards. Not a gimme, but a kick you want your kick- kicker to be able to make. I went back and looked at his season stats. Right now, he is 23rd in the league in field goal percentage at 78%. Um, and he also has uh, more attempts than most kickers. He's third in the league in attempts with 18. Uh, so that obviously would mm-hmm. probably drive down, drive up the number of misses he may have as well. Uh, but when you break it down, he's 9 of 10 on 30 to 39-yard field goals. That's pretty good. He's 3 of 4 on 40 to 49, and that's pretty good. Uh, he's 1 of 3 on 50-plus, not a gimme, so that's okay. Uh, here's the interesting part. He's 21 of 23 on extra points. What is your confidence level at this point with Zerline? Do you think they have to start changing how they play the game based on their confidence in him? Or do you still think it's just a situation where when you're in field goal range, you just still kick the ball. You don't think about going for it on fourth down, unless it's just a situation where you would normally go for it on fourth down. I, I think, I think you, uh, I don't, if unless his confidence changes, then I wouldn't change my confidence in him. Um, and I think that he's proven that when he misses Tampa Bay game, uh, maybe the Chargers game, um, you know, or maybe not that game, but but when he misses some kicks, um, like he did last time, I mean, he still comes back and makes them. So. You know, as long as they don't really like one kick doesn't really affect the other and the other, then you could tell a kicker's having some problems like mentally. But if his confidence doesn't really waver, I I, I stick with it. Amber, yeah, it's a it's a tough one because there's not much you can really do at this point. It's not like who are you gonna get that's a whole lot better than him. So you kind of have to just suck it through the season and keep playing him. Um, just like Nick said, a lot about confidence, but also how do you not Put him in a situation like that. Just to me, the other the other thing that you can possibly do is try to score a touchdown every time. Like, and, and then we talk about the red zone issues that the Cowboys are having. So you just gotta start figuring out the things that you can actually fix, rather than thinking, okay, this is an easy fix with Greg, which is it's not. You can't. You know, I'm, yeah. I don't know if I'm sounding that a little too sense. confusing, but and then at the same time. I would start getting really, really upset once he starts 
costing the Cowboys more than one game and losing games for the Cowboys. So at this point, I'm like not confident, not happy, but it's kind of working. We're getting wins and all that. But once the game comes down to a loss because of him, then then we got a problem. Dave. The thing that makes me feel okay about Greg is, like Nick said, he usually bounces back. I mean, he redeemed himself in Tampa. He hit the game winner in L.A. When he's had misses, he usually responds. His miss last night was his first kick of the night, and he made two more after that and made his extra points as well. So, I mean, bad hiccup. And, yeah, I mean, 43 is right in the range where you really want your kicker to be able to make that. Um but for him to bounce back and hit everything else after that, definitely not like a 10 out of 10, but I feel confident enough that he's just as good or better as whatever's available to you. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it just kind of is what it is. I mean, if we want to revisit this in the offseason with trying to upgrade the position, that's fine. But I feel good enough about him, and I appreciate his resiliency that when things do go bad, he he bounces back. And like I said, I mean, unless you got Justin Tucker – then I think everybody's had a kicker who's had at least a couple miscues this season. And so I think it's more about how you respond than whether or not you mess up. Well, well, just to be clear, I wasn't saying that they have recourse as far as getting another kicker. My question was, if it were you, would it change how you're calling the game? Would you be inclined in some situations to not trust them as much as the head coach seems to trust him? Because we've heard it over and over. Well, we were in field goal range. Like, would you be feeling like that? Or would you be thinking, hey, it's fourth down. I don't know about my kicking situation, so let's go for it on fourth. Does that factor in at this point based upon your level of confidence with him? Yeah, I, Nick, you know what? Well, you I'll know say me. this. Once they cross midfield, yeah, go, go, I want to go for it anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> Right. You would do it anyway. I want to go for it yeah. when they cross midfield. I mean, it's long. Yeah. So, no, it, it doesn't change the way I do it. I like. Hopefully, you're only kicking when it's a very obvious situation. I mean, if it's fourth and three or less – this offense should be going for it more often than not anyway. So, no, it doesn't. I don't think it really affects my opinion. I think it did affect their opinion maybe just, just in that last drive of the game when you think about it. I mean, after the, they're sitting there on, you know, third and, and 11 at the 20-yard line, you know. So that's that's going to be a 37-yard field goal. Do you try to get this first down? And they didn't. They didn't really try to get the first down. They tried to get a little bit more yards underneath to Zeke and get it he pretty close. It it, now yeah. Zeke, you know, he he didn't have a great game really, uh, stat wise, but he made, in my opinion, the play of the game. Yeah. Um, and but but I think that might have been a result of hey, th- let's let's not be too aggressive here and make a mistake, and let's also give ourselves a better field goal opportunity, and it just turned into a touchdown. But that's the exact that's the exact thing. Like yeah. they were, in my opinion, in that instance, they were actually playing. Yeah, for to get goal. a field goal. Right, they were planning to get a field goal, and Zeke just beasted on them and got them in a situation <laughs> where they didn't have to do that. But, but really, they were playing for a field goal yeah. in my opinion. There, the only the tricky part <laughs> when you really start thinking about it is how aggressive they play sometimes, and some of the decision makings that they do, and in those calls that mm-hmm. sometimes doesn't go their way, and then some other times it's like, well, wow, okay, good, good call. But it's in those instances that I'm like kind of hesitant because you you really don't know which way it's going to go. But at the end of the day, i rather play aggressive, go for it, try it, and 
right now it's been working for them. That's all I'm going to say. I'm just excited that it's been working for them. You know, one more thing about Zerline is that you know you got to remember everything that a, that a player does at his position, and obviously the biggest one is the is the field goals. I mean, we, but but I, I can promise you, not everybody in the league is is kicking a touchback every single time or just about. He leads the league in touchbacks. Yes, do they score a lot? Yes, but he has also got a lot of touchbacks, and that is in, that is important. And it's going to be really important in some of these colder games where, when it's harder to do that because then that's when you can bust a 40, 50-yard return or even worse than that. So he provides something that you think, oh, let's get this guy off the street or this guy's better or whatever. He might kick it off to, you know, like a Dan Bailey, for instance, somebody like that. Dan Bailey had had trouble with, with some of his kickoffs yeah. and stuff. So you got to remember everything that a kicker does. Real quick, let's get game balls. Give me a game ball player of the game if you had to pick one person if you were given a game ball who would it be Dave let's start with you I've been thinking about this a lot and maybe it's a cop-out because the quarterback always gets the credit but I just I want to I this is really cool in my opinion Micah Parsons was amazing he's going to play a lot more football and have a lot more game balls Mari Cooper you make 20 million dollars a year you played great that's what you're supposed to do Cooper Rush <laughs> I don't think it's a stretch. I don't think it's a stretch to say that his life changed last night. Uh, you think like he brought it up at the postgame podium. He was sitting on his couch last year. The Giants cut him at the end of training camp. Nobody wanted him until Andy Dalton got COVID and concussed. And obviously Dak was hurt. The Cowboys needed him. He hung around. Yeah, he won the backup job. But was he ever going to do anything now? He has this moment, like you can never take this away from him and his family, first of all. But on top of that, it gives the Cowboys confidence. It's a game full of tape for other teams. Like he's probably going to extend his NFL career because of this game. I mean, when it comes time for him to sign a new contract, he's got a lot more reasons to stay employed than he used to. And maybe he goes on to play three, four, five, or maybe even more years in the NFL off the strength of this. I just... I think that's amazing. I mean, his NFL career could have come to an end last year if not for some unfortunate circumstances, and and now he has started and won an NFL game. I just think it's incredible. Yeah, I think you know we we call it just like I said about Jason Garrett. You know, the Jason Garrett game. If if Cooper Rush doesn't play a whole lot more, and I don't know if anybody really wants him to around here. <laughs> This will be the Cooper Rush game, and that's 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 amazing. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I I think that's a good one. I mean, that's that's good too. But let's pass it around a little bit. I mean, I I thought, um, you know, I, I thought Amari Cooper was was pretty awesome too. I mean, he he was just just going through what he was dealing with, and and then at the end, I mean, the concentration on that catch in the fourth quarter that the ball was bouncing around and tip drill and he caught it and uh just that whole drive was really cooper to cooper and so i thought that that was amazing and you know he he, he did it he's playing through a lot of pain and he is playing very well mm-hmm. amber i'm going through in my head with different guys but it's hard to pick because everybody else you kind of could say okay yeah i can see him doing that okay yeah of course but then cooper rush was the guy that you could not um, I'm not going to say everybody, but most people could not see him doing what he did yesterday and coming off with a win like that. So it has to be him with all the criticism that he got this past week and he's been getting for a while. I mean, he's he's so deserving of this. And 
I was so happy for him and his family, just mm-hmm. watching his family, also watching the game and seeing how excited they were. It's so heartwarming. Yeah. All right. F- like fix that. this, Derek, because the defense won the game. So. Yeah. On, and I, <laughs> I, I, made, I made this point to you earlier when we were I talking about this, and I was like, I, I know that all there are all the feel good stories yeah. about all the guys you want to point out, but it's it's there's it's a clear answer in my opinion. Michael Parsons was the best player on the field last night uh, for either team, in my opinion. I think he played a phenomenal game. What he was asked to do, uh, he did it very, very well. And there were so many moments, like just so many moments, when he made plays that were not average, when he made extraordinary plays. And they don't always show up in the stat sheet the same way as they do when you're getting a, a sack or when you're getting an interception uh, because tackle for a loss sometimes you have to look up and you're like you have to look later and be like man they had that many tackles for a loss but those things matter mm-hmm. getting teams off schedule and behind the chains like that matters and uh, he was making all those kind of plays last night so for me it was him I will also say I get a got to give an honorable mention to Cedric Wilson yeah because oh, yeah, when yeah. you think about it this offense was not moving mm. they were not moving the ball and then all of a sudden, bam, 73-yard touchdown uh, that that was just a beautifully run route, beautiful pass. Everything about it was perfect. That's what kind of got And that, to me, that was the signal that this offense made a decision, that Kellen Moore made the decision, okay, we're not getting anything done. We're going to have to take some shots and really go at them with the passing game. We can't just focus on the running game because they're going to do everything they can to stop us there. And not only that, but then he comes back later and throws a big-time pass on the run. Uh, and Nick, you and I were talking about it in the press box before. We were just like, we need that kind of thing. But yeah, I think Cedric Wilson had a phenomenal game as well. Well, if we ever need another backup Which, to the he back. He threw that guy. ball on a damn rope. On the run. <laughs> like that was that was a throw. Yeah. Good on for the him. run. On he's the run. four for four in his career. And, and he's I mean, he's thrown four passes, I think one touchdown. He's got a perfect quarterback rating yeah. for his career. I mean, he's he's out. He's been outstanding. I mean, I said this this morning, and I and this is no disrespect to Michael Gallup. If this is going to be your number two receiver, uh-huh. Gallup, I think is a better option for you. But as a number three, I think Cedric Wilson is showing he's got more versatility there. And again, come on back, Michael. Let's make this muddy it up. Let's let's figure it out. But because uh, you know you know you're going to need it. But I think his value as a third guy is probably even more than what I think Gallup could give you. And something not to miss on that play as well, that play was blown up from yeah. the beginning. When, they, when he first got the ball, there was a defender in his face. He made a move on that defender and takes off running the other way and then makes the throw on the run. Like, everything about that play should not have worked, and Cedric Wilson made the play. This was not a play that was just there. He yeah. made the play. Again, he he had a yeah. really good game last night. And. And if you look at like other guys we put on this list of great guys, like we're talking about game-changing plays that were made on guys we didn't even mention. Like obviously Gregory was playing out of his mind. Yep. Uh, C.D. Lamb was the one that, that had a lot of these catches on the other end of these catches. Anthony Brown, we didn't get off his his ass. I'm sorry. Yeah. Anthony Brown has been playing really, really well. He gives up some plays. He makes some What's as well. Jordan Lewis, they kept these guys inbound. Terrell Basham was, was all over the place. Zeke had a play of the game, even though his numbers weren't there. I mean, That should have been your guy, who? Basham. Yeah, I mean... Cooper, it should have been. He 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 was. He I mean, was that's great. another guy that you're kind of like. It's not a 100 given that he's gonna. A guy like him is gonna no. play the way he did. No, and I and I wondered when Dorrance came back, which was last game, and when D Law comes back, what his role is gonna be. You keep playing like that. And they got keep, players, man. They got guys, and, and 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 you know what? It's Dan Quinn because 
the, the, the Seahawks, they just put all these guys in there, and the Seahawks, that, that's what they did. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a Dan Quinn type of defense that's just finding, getting these guys and finding ways to get to the quarterback. All right, we appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back tomorrow. We're going to go some big picture. We'll look around the NFL, look around the NFC, look around the NFC East, see what's happening around the division and the conference. We'll do that tomorrow. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I am Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. Al Singleton. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!